Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest Outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson, Rob Ensley, and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports Station. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Wayne Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. Next time you're sitting down at your computer, type in PacificCustomCalls.com. That's the website of our next guest, none other than the illustrious Trevor Austin with a shovel in his hand digging a goose pit somewhere out of Moses Lake. Moses Lake. Moses Lake, maybe. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are, you a, are you a goose pit digger this morning there, uh, Trevor Austin? No, I am recently watching about 20 lessers dump into our spread. Nice. Right on. Right now, so, as we speak. So that's kind of been the program over there. Uh, lots of lessers, right? Oh, listen, you can hear them. Yeah, yeah, if you can hear them. So, oh, yeah. so right in the early early season, we get a big push of lessers. Um, right now, we are covered, covered, covered with lessers in the Moses Lake area. Um, it's pretty impressive. So what are you doing? Are are you in layouts this morning? Are you in a blind? Are you in a pit? Yeah. Yeah, we're doing kind of a – we got a couple guys here we're taking out, and then all the guys are here together. And, uh, we're going to do a little bit of shooting, and then the, the real work starts. we got to start digging pits and putting, uh, putting <laughs> so, all the lids on. So and that's, how, that's, how you get, that's how you get the guides out there. You're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, listen, hey, come – hey, yeah, let's hey, all guys. go do a hunt. <laughs> Oh, by the way, there's yeah, a shovel yeah, in yeah, your layout yeah, blind. Can, can you bring your favorite shovel with you too, dude? By the way, so. please, please, we'll give you ten dollars to go buy your own shovel. It's what Austin gives us. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I know, I know some guys that are so hard at it. I mean, they, they'll bring those little track hose out and stuff, and and oh, dig yeah. them. But but it's it's all about concealment with geese. And if you have a blind yeah. like that, so tell us a little bit about you know how do you, how you choose the site for the blind, how you cover the top of it, how you keep it warm, what do you use for cooking in the. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The whole yeah, bit, right. Give, well, yeah. that, those are the glory things about pits. Yeah. You're able to have a little bit of room, bring a little cooker out, you know, propane grill, and start cooking some breakfast. So we don't do that all the time, but sometimes we do that. Uh, today we're hunting out of layout blinds right now. Um, you know, you try to find the best hide. You know, where you know where the birds are at. These fields that we're shooting pretty big. So location, location, location. Um, but then you know, concealment is is also number one as, as well. So we have uh, we're right on the edge of two two different fields, the green wheat and the and a cut wheat field here. So we got a little tea, we got some brush. You know, we're mixed in with some wheat, some brush. Um, we got a nice little weed line that we're actually able to set up and hide in. That's cool, man. So one of the things also that really kind of took me by surprise was when I you know I we, I did go out and and is. The, the covered trailers and the full body decoys and they're standing, man, that's a big logistical challenge getting set up with all that stuff. I mean, how do you manage that? And what's the decoy spread look like these days? Well, today, yeah, today we're running probably about a total of 150, 180 full body. Full bodies, dude. It's um, Yeah. So we'll like each, each guide here, we all have our own spreads. Uh, we run DSDs, we run Dakotas. I've got a, uh, a stuffer trailer, so taxidermy bird trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone's just got a, all the guides here have really nice spreads. And um, yeah, so uh, today, like I said, about 100, 180 total, I think, decoys we got out there. We've got some snows out there just to kind of stick out. We've got snows in the area. Can't shoot snows this weekend, but uh, oh, here we go. 
There we go. There We're we gonna, go. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's a murder set. There <laughs> <laughs> uh, we go. That's the way it started. <laughs> it's raining honkers. Barclay. I love we got, it. We got Barclay here. We got a bunch of people out here. So there's 11 of us today. Uh, and all yeah. and and all guides. So these oh, yeah. are like these are professionals, dude. These are shooters. This is anti-aircraft fire yeah. coming in. Yeah, we got yeah we got uh, we got a couple guys. There's four actually four clients, and then the rest are guides. Yeah, uh, that's so fun. How did how did yeah. those four clients get to come out and hunt with all the guides? That's a man. Everyone's so obsessed with this deer hunting that they're still trying to find <laughs> a deer and do all that. But we got a heath everywhere. We've been telling everyone that we got the birds, but people are chasing these four-legged creatures. I don't know why. Um, you know, when you got thousands of lesters sitting here just doing it. So, and and you know, these early why. birds probably just uh, you know they're they're not all tuned up yet. They're not all educated, so they're probably doing it really dirty. Uh, man, I you know I've been over there and I've hunted with you guys. It's a it is a first class operation uh you talk about your stuffers you know that's the first time i'd ever Dude, hunted over these are stuff these birds. are taxidermy yeah. birds. birds they're they're honkers yeah. that yep, taxi- yeah lessers honkers all you know once upon a uh once upon a time a real life bird that we uh mounted up put them on nice bases and uh and it's just built a trailer, man. It takes a while to build it, but it, man, there's nothing better than realism. That's that's kind of beyond hardcore, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's, I, listen, I got the, a little bit of an obsession, yeah. a little bit of an obsession. Trevor and, oh, and you know Honk Stumper, these oh, guys, live, these guys live this. Uh, Trevor, yeah. you you start out your season early up in Canada, oh, I'm yeah. guessing, oh, right? Oh, You're probably yes. up in Alberta, yes, uh, and yep. then you yeah, follow we, those birds down. Juice. Yeah. 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 So we'll, we'll, we'll get the early goose here in Washington. Uh, we, you know, we get the early goose here in Washington. We, we're, lo- we're losing you a little bit there, Trevor, but my, my, my dog, my dog Bailey's in the control room right now and she's freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> It's just mean. She's like, what the heck? Uh, what's going on, Dad? There? What am I doing in studio? It's like, welcome to my world, dog. Shaking. Yeah, no doubt. It's like I'm hearing geese and guns and everything. So, 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 uh, Trevor Austin joining us this morning live from the Goose Pit, obviously on on Seven Ten Sports the Outdoor Line. Uh, tell us a little bit about Pacific Call Company because. It's just not fall until you get to blow a call at a duck, blow a call at a goose, and have them respond. There's something so primal about that, Trevor. Tell us about how you got into the call business and how calls are working at this time of year, bud. Yeah, so we got into it. Um, I came over to Spokane after I graduated high school, met this one dude uh, that his dad actually showed us how to, how to make a barrel in his little 10 by 10 shack. Um, him and I kind of took this, what we had for a dream, uh, picked up my business partner now, Alex Jurgis and I, we've been running it together for uh, we're over 11 years now. Um, went from a 10 by 10 shack to a two car garage to a thousand square foot shop and bounced to another about a 3000 square foot shop. And, uh, we're, we were supposed to be, we're building a, um, our own building out in post falls right now near Cabela's. If people know where that's at, I know. And, drove by uh, there on uh, Monday, buddy. You bet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Next time you drive by, you have to swing in. So yeah, we're building a, about a five thousand square foot building out there. Um, it turned in from making everything on a hand lathe to machining. Uh, got to a point where we just couldn't keep up with the orders. 
bought our own machine. Now we're running, uh, I think we're up to nine machines, two wood lathes, and, and 10, uh, 10 employees. And my business partner and I, Alex. So and, and it's awesome. and it's not just uh, duck and goose calls. You guys have moved into the turkey, the turkey realm. Yeah. Also, you have some beautiful box calls, diaphragm calls, pot calls. Um, I was yep. looking at you know I I I I used to be a big turkey hunter. Uh, I know how how what you know you're a you're a very passionate turkey hunter too. So it's cool to see you guys uh, you know jumping into the turkey realm. Hitting all the all all the levels from manufacturing uh, game calls, we, we manufacture for ourselves plus many others in the industry. Uh, you know, we're able to to diversify ourselves and uh, and just make what you know we've always dreamed of making. And so it's been unreal, unreal. Uh, it's a killer story, dude. We made the mistake of introducing former NFL All Pro Super Bowl champion Kevin Gogan to goose hunting. Oh, and, perfect. Yeah, and he's he's six eight, three sixty. We're having a um, we're well. having a a, well. a layout blind specially made for him. Right, and and you need we, to. You, well, well, we're glad to hear that Sitka makes five XL gear. Okay, so <laughs> so we're we're getting him all fitted. You're gonna build a big pit because we have to drive by I ninety. Okay, he lives that neck of the woods. We can't pass. Yep. He he's gonna be blocking the road and pick and come up. He's he dude. He's got it so bad. He bought a shotgun last year and everything. So. Yeah, it, it's Perfect. there. We go. Yeah, another another That's freak awesome. has been born. All right, Trevor Austin, thank you so much for your time, buddy. Again, that website's Pacific Custom Calls. Let's let's go. Uh, let's let's go stomp some honkers, buddy. Hey, appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having us on, and uh, hope to see you boys out here one of these days. You're sooner rather than later, buddy. You bet. Thanks, Thanks Trevor. Trevor. We'll talk to you soon, man. Have right. a good one. Coming up next, a critically acclaimed award-winning Northwest Outdoor Report presented by Les Schwab right here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station Seven Ten, Seattle Sports App. The Northwest Outdoor Report is brought to you by Les Schwab Tires. Taking your safety seriously for over 70 years. Coastal Rivers reopen this weekend. Salmon's Fair Game beginning today, October 29th on the South Coast and, and, and on the South Coast. And Monday, October 31st on the Northern Coast. Stock contestant information increased flows from recent rains suggest salmon in many rivers have been able to migrate upstream to spawning grounds following unprecedented low flows we've experienced over the last month. Said James Losey, Region 6 Fish Program Manager. On the south coast, from most clips down to the bear, fishing will be fish reopened today under permanent rules for salmon and all game fish on the north coast. From the Quinault north to the Salduck, fish will reopen Monday, October 31st for salmon and all game fish. Just a reminder, all Chinook must be released till further notice in the Bogey, Klawa, Dickey, Ho, Quilly, Salduck, and upper Quinault rivers and trips. This Halloween, some trick-or-treaters could end up with some crab legs in their bags of goodies as the winter crab season rolls on and on. Spurred by the recent rains and spawned-out salmon carcasses flushing out of local rivers, local crabbers will enjoy seven-day-a-week crabbing opportunity in areas 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 12 north of Aok Point through the rest of the year. Successful winter crabbing can be accomplished by fishing shallower due to cooler water temperatures, but rougher waters require weighted pots to keep them from drifting. Make sure you have a winter crab catch record card and mark that card promptly after boating a legal male Dungeness. Salmon season to open November 1. The Marine Area 11 Winter Chinook Salmon Fishery is scheduled to open November 1 with a total encounter limit of 1,100. A reduction in opening days was agreed to by WDFW, the Puget Sound Rec Advisories Board, and representatives of the Marine 11, Marine Area 11 community to extend the season as long as possible. Keep in mind, this is a four-day season that will run Sundays through Wednesdays. 
and the first week it'll be Tuesday and Wednesday only due to the wear of the first falls. The winter Chinook salmon season is scheduled to close December 31st. Marine Area 11 extends from the northern tip of Asha Island to the northernmost side of Thomas Narrows Bridge. Sea lion disease outbreak along the Oregon coast. There's a sharp increase in the number of sick and stranded California sea lions along the entire coast due to leprosporosis, a naturally occurring bacteria that can also sicken dogs, people, wildlife, and livestock. Dogs are most at risk of getting the disease, while the risk to people is small. Officials urge beachgoers to leech their dogs and keep at least 150 away from live or dead sea lions. The disease can spread when an animal or person is in contact with bodily fluids of an, of an infected or dead sea lion. Leptospirosis outbreaks occur sporadically in marine mammals. Outbreaks can result in increased stranding, strandings, and mortalities among sea lions. And the Marine Mammal Stranding Network documented over 150 sick or dead sea lions along the Oregon coast since the outbreak began in late July 2022. Necropsies on seven sea lions confirmed all tested positive for leptospirosis. Join professional fishing guides Doug St. Denis and Jim Stahl on Saturday, November 12th, 9 to noon at Floral Hall in Everett for the annual Fall River Fishing Clinic. These two guides will share everything you need to know about successfully fishing our local streams. This event is free and open to the public and features a river tackle raffle that benefits the Everett Steelhead and Salmon Club, which is a nonprofit organization that raises fish and sponsors youth fishing programs. For more information or to RSVP, call Steve Strong at 425-308-1203. That's Saturday, November 12th, 9 to noon at Floral Hall, 802 East Muckatillo Boulevard, or call 425-308-1203. Department of Fish and Wildlife approves additional days of coastal razor clam digs. WDFW shellfish managers confirmed today razor clam digging opportunities at Long Beach, Twin Harbors, and Capetlas beaches through October 30th. Most of the 26,000 clam slammers who went out during the recent openers found easy digging and the weather cooperated. Expect more of the same. The digs are during the evening hours of low tides. Will proceed as scheduled. After marine toxin results from the Department of Health showed razor clams are safe to eat, more tentative dates are planned on November 6th through 13th, November 22nd through 28th, including the Thanksgiving holiday and during December. Final approval is usually not announced until one week prior to each digging series. Not all beaches are open for every dig. So diggers are encouraged to make sure their intended destination is open before heading out. The most successful digging occurs between one and two hours before the listed time of low tide. Last weekend for the 2022 statewide trout derby. The 2022 Derby is open at more than 100 stocked lakes and runs through Halloween. Over 70 participating businesses have offered more than 800 prizes valued at over 37 grand. There are still 430 prize fish out there. Anglers can see in real time how many prizes remain at Derby Lakes by visiting the Derby Lakes website on wdfw.wa.gov. There you're going to find the complete list of stop lakes. Navigate to the lake you have your eye on. You'll be able to see how many tagged fish have been caught, what those prizes are, as well as how many are still in the water waiting to be landed. But you better hurry because it's all over on Halloween. The Northwest Outdoor Report has been brought to you by Les Schwab Tires. Find the best in tires, brakes, wheels, batteries, shocks, struts, and more at leschwab.com. So, Nelly. Yes, sir. Sick sea lions. <laughs> I, it was. It, it, and, and could it be did you that see the, maybe there's too many sea lions? Did you see the tear-soaked page that, that I had to read through? <laughs> I see with the it tears dropping, down, dropping down my, black my black eye. eye. 
Could it be that they they they're overpopulated? Yes, they're overpopulated. They, oh. they cover every huh. square inch of a dock, Na- and Na- they nature they ha- drop Na- things on each other. Nature and, has a way, dude. Yeah. Nature has a way, and it's just part of part of calling the herd. There's no question about it. Uh, a couple late Friday post business hour news drops. From yeah, WDF. I was surprised to see one roll in about 6.30. I was like, wow, somebody's working overtime over there. So the Snohomish open for Coho. Yeah. Dude, so much fun. There's not the, – the, the, the Snohomish hasn't really changed color yet, right? Um, it's in, – in other words, there's still that, that keg up below 522. There's still going to be fish down there. The wild card – is going to be the effects of the Bolt Creek fire on the on the on the Absolutely. on the sky. Yeah, because now you have hillsides have been completely denuded. I, I mean, and and at least we're not getting a massive gully washer. I mean, it rains and it kind of stops, and it rains and it kind of stops. So so all that to say, I, I hope that hills those hillsides stabilize those mountainsides stabilize. Have you I been mean, up there I, and I, seen I, it? I just I, I haven't yet. No. Yeah. No. I, I, I drove through there coming back from my Washington deer hunt, and it was pretty surreal moonscape like like, no no not not really i mean uh i think that there's enough of a a barrier along highway two there Uh you know it burned down to highway two in spots right but most of the burn was up on the hill and then down in the valley you have kind of like a little barrier of of still green so maybe that'll that'll kind of some of it it. it. but it's weird you know driving over the pass for almost 40 years and you drive over, and you're like, "Wow, look at this!" Yeah, I mean, a crazy amount and, of burn up on the, the mountain. And the tragedy is human caused. Yeah, some knucklehead with a six pack and a bick, right? Mm-hmm. Lit that sucker off, man. And and it just and when what it cost all of us in in you know smoky August and Ugh. you know in September. I mean, it ruined every you know. It was horrible. Well, I was in the mountains. You know, like I said, I we were up around sixty eight seven thousand feet. And uh, and it, I mean, you could just smell it. It was Dude. thick in the air, even up there. Yeah, no, yeah. it was. It, it, you know, and again, I think we have a new rule <laughs> with big game hunting. If it's a drought, yeah, and there's and there's you know we're still actively in fire season. Dude, brutal deer season. It was brutal. Yeah, the water. Well, yeah. Uh, I, so Ryan Bayless and I are hiking out of the mountains. You know. And uh, we we stayed up there. Finally, we got a little bit of weather that came in on a Monday morning. But then the ceiling dropped and we were in the fog. So, you know, we're like, we got another day up here, but we're just going to sit in the fog. So we were hiking out. And we're hiking down, and, and the snow is spitting up there, and I could you could just t- tell the weather had switched. Yeah. And I was like, hey, you know when the deer hunting's going to be really good <laughs> next week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and you made the you made the point this week when we were talking that all those late season all those permit guys, guys holding guys, a late the tag, tag. And the gardener and, and, and Slide Ridge, yeah, um, Chihuahua, Swakin, yeah. yeah. all those guys who have those late tags in their pockets, they're gonna they're gonna be able to jump into the woods uh, November first here, yeah, and, right. and it runs through the 18th. Those guys are gonna shoot some crankers because. A lot of those deer didn't it's get sound touched. Like, it's going to sound like Trevor Austin's goose pit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, also, uh, we got an extension um, on the Skagit. The, the the Cascade is open seven days a week right now, too. And also, uh, today is Eastern Washington Modern Firearm for Elk. Yeah. So uh, that uh, that's going to run through uh, the 6th. And then next Saturday is a Modern Firearm opener for Western Washington. And good luck. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's going to start raining and blowing. The Western Washington Elk Home opener is a tough one, dude. Yeah. It's the, tough. The, if the weather would have stayed stable yeah. and we wouldn't have got this this rain and yeah. this weather in here, uh, guys would have done well. I mean, you know, on the west side, if you had, if we would have stayed in that kind of you know weird summery pattern, uh, the, the elk hunting would have been great. Now it, it's what it is every year. Now it's going to be a, a you know put on your your Sims waders yeah. and yeah. your best. Uh, you know, the, rain gear and, and go slog through the, the through the brush. The last time I I did it, it I was down uh, obviously Western Washington tag. I was down in St. Helens, and dude, it was a it was a November storm. Mm-hmm. It was raining and blowing so hard. I mean, branches are cracking off of trees and falling in the woods, and I'm like. What am I doing here? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it was just it was just it, difficult. The man. green belt behind my backyard, seventy five to ninety percent of the leaves are still on the trees. Yeah, they haven't yeah. dropped. It's just yeah, weird, even with weird that year. wind we had a couple days ago, it just mm-hmm. didn't do it. So we are going to take advantage of the mind of the of the mad gear scientist <laughs> Bob Buchanan in the next segment. The cool thing about you and what you do, one of the cool things I should say, is is the fact that. Angling is your passion. You're a you're a shrimp trap guy. You're a crab trap guy. You're a jigger, and you make all these products. And he never stops trying to make them better. Like the first thing he said when he came in here this morning is, "Listen, I got an idea for some <laughs> new crab line, shrimp line." Well, let's 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 put a pin yeah. in that. Let's put a pin in that and talk because I don't even know if you want to talk about that yet before you try to develop it. But you've been behind. So many innovations that have, that have changed the way Joey and I do business on the deck of that duck. And we're going to talk about it next. Here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Get in, sit down, hold on, and listen up. You're in the RenaissanceMarineGroup.com's wheelhouse, brought to you by Weldcraft, Duckworth, and Northwest Boats. The mad gear scientist has shed his white lab coat, stepped in the studio, been here with us a whole show. Now we're going to dive into that massive brain, brain pan of Bob Buchanan of Bow-Mac.com. It's getting emptier year after year, <laughs> that pan. Let me tell you. <laughs> it Beats the alternative, though. Yes, it does. But, you know, gear innovation, experience is really the only teacher. Yeah, right? you you got to get out there and do it. And you you got to have a network of folks that communicate with you and let you know. I mean, whether it's you saying, you know, if we could do this or picking up something at a boathouse from a guy that says, you know, this is how I do it. You, right. you got to have an open mind and, and listen. You got to be a good listener. And seeing what folks say, you have, whether having people on the boat, my own kids saying, you know, Dad, this would be a hell of a lot easier if we could do it this way. And it, it, it strikes me that that's a lot the same mental approach as, as Byron Bolton, who I got to share time with, who owns Duckworth, Wildcraft, Eaglecraft, Harborcraft, Armstrong. He spent his spare time up in Sitka walking all the docks mm-hmm. and looking at all the boats because mm-hmm. everybody has – a different solution to the challenges that we have on board, whether it's fishing, crabbing, right, pot fishing, and all that stuff. And so, one of the things that 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 really changed the way that Joey and I do business is is the first year that that Joey and I fished together, we did not have that crustacean coiler, your your right. Bomac line coiler, right. and so we're untangling we shots along, po- coiling on the deck, yeah, yeah, which. When you're pulling three, you know, even 150 feet of line up to 400 feet of line, you're going to, it's just going to get 
It's going to turn into a, a tangled mess. So it's yeah. it's a time waster. It's uh, a line management challenge. And if you have young kids or or a dog or something like that, it's a safety it's a, issue. It's a safety issue, and it's the experience uh, being able to enjoy it out there. Yes, and not yes. having it be work. And, is, and is, it makes us look a big like part we really of the know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. we're like, hey, watch this. Bam, 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 bam. Our pots are in the water. The lines are gone. Buoys are out. People are like, wow, this is – and These then guys, watch this. Yeah. Here, we're going to pull our gear, and look how easy and simple, and, and it's fast. Like, we can run through our gear like commercial fishermen. We we drop five pots with 400-foot shots, and that's 2,000 feet of line, and we get it gone in a hurry, and it blows people's brain pans up. The epitome of preparation was that one-day shrimp opener where we took had the downriggers off the boat thanks to – Thanks to the uh, Bernouin mounts, yeah, and we had a rigging table in back, and we had a bait table on the side because of that that yeah. side table. Just yeah. dialed, and Bob yeah. Bob brought the bait, and and it was just and we and then we had Tobek to he was our cranker, <laughs> cranky yeah. Tobek was our the, cranker, the the, the 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 crimson cantankerous cougar cranker, yes, <laughs> yeah, Robbie yeah. Tobek, yeah. yes, number sixty one in your program, number one in our hearts. Um, so when. But you get prototypes. You make the own prototype, and that's where that line coiler came from. You went through. In fact, I have one of those prototypes mm-hmm. that actually have, I have sixteen hundred feet on, which is that shrimp line we use in in southeast Alaska. Yeah, the biggest mistake you can make is building fifteen hundred or something, or two thousand or something, and and have it not show show one, and right. it works great, and not have gone out and used it. Right, mm-hmm. and and all of a sudden you get them out there in the marketplace, and you're getting them back. And and you're not returning them. They're they're, no, yours. they're yours. Plus, you've ruined two thousand people's trip. Right. Sure. And and that's a big deal. You 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 definitely do not do that because in my in my early years with a prior company, uh, we'd make a mistake once in a while like uh, that would be just devastating, and ruin a lot of people's Fourth of July. And yeah. d- didn't we? Yeah. My partner and I were determined not to let that happen with our... Well, and, and we're blessed that we do get to spend a lot of time on the water, mm-hmm. a lot of time in the woods. And the products that you make are designed to do just that, is to make your limited amount of time that much more efficient, that much more productive, and that much more fun. So when with especially with, again, you know, we're hammering on the crab coiler, that system doesn't work unless you have... The prior product to it that requires it, which are the sea links, Bob. Correct. So talk to us about that and the staged way you do floats and how that system works well, together. Well, again, the important part about listening and observing walking the docks or whatever. I was uh, fueling up years ago at the Everett Marina, and next to me is a, a big commercial boat from Alaska uh, at the end of the fuel dock, uh, just kind of getting some things together before he left town and headed north. And he's got these new traps, and I was very interested in those traps. And I'm thinking, you know, how do you black cod these traps? How do you get them on and off that long line? And and he pulls out the sea link, which I've seen before. And there right. are people, right. individuals who knew about it and used them for years, but nobody ever brought them to bear at a reasonable price to market. And the correct size for our – because those are big sea links. Yeah. And, and, and – this gentleman uh, was kind enough to take the time and walk me through it and show me why it was a good deal. And he said, you know, a lot of people don't like these because they just feel like, hey, this, this gear is going to come undone and fall apart. But he said it's really not. And he, <clears throat> he said, you know, I go as far as, as each single one, I tune it. And I said, well, you tune it. How do you tune it? He said, I'll put it in a vise and I'll 
crimp the vise a little bit and stick another one to it, and then I'll just go each one, one after the other. So the magic, And they all work the same. The magic mm-hmm. of radio doesn't allow us to really show you a picture right now, right. but if you, you imagine a single link of a chain, okay, mm-hmm. and on one of the long sides of the chain, not the curve, but the long side, there's a V-cut where you could take another link and turn it perpendicular and they slide together they and then they pull apart. once they once Just they like slide together the only way they're coming apart is if you grab onto it turn it sideways and you Take line yeah. line them up and pull it apart yeah um i and even for me i you know i'm connecting the pot then we're dropping the pot and then connecting the buoy system to the yeah. line and i always i put it in there and then i'm like as I'm so, throwing it, I'm like, is, is this so, gonna, it goes together so easy, you feel like it could come apart. Something's got to happen can't. here. I mean, I to this day, I I carefully let it out and oh, trail yeah. it and don't, I don't throw it because right. I'm thinking this has got to do it. But it, it's never done no, it. No, it's me. bulletproof. I, it I've had one come undone, and that's when, when one guy had on one end, I was holding the float end, and we were in the boat and moving around looking for something, and we looked down and they came off. And it was because two different people had it. It was slack, and we won the lottery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you just yeah. we hit time. the Powerball. <laughs> so, so, so most people rig up their crab gear just to, to put this, you know, basic, basic, basic. They'll take a rope, tie a float on one end. Okay, well that rope's tied to that float. Then they take the other end of the rope and they'll tie a knot and tie it to the shrimp pot. Okay, great or crab pot, whatever it is. All right, well you've got a piece of rope that's tied to those two items. Mm-hmm. The reason the coiler works is it, this system's modular. You have a C-link and you have two C-links on the pot end, you have two C-links on the float end. So you can take the float off, set it down, set this C-link now in a spool and you can crank and you got nice clean line, right? Mm-hmm. Then the pot comes up, you un- unclip it. Now you can clip another line on there and you keep on going and so you're breaking, you're keeping all your line on this spool. It's line only. You don't have to mess with floats or anything like that. Yes, you can put your shots of line inside each one of the crab pots. That's fine. But it gets tangled. Mm-hmm. It gets tangled and it's going to be on the deck. And this is, we we have ran so much crab gear, you and I, Joey, and this stuff has made us faster, more efficient, and, and, de- and, and- deadlier. Yeah, and it's just it's just like as far as storing crab gear, it's a lot of stuff. Yeah. This makes it so easy. It the lines are on the spools. The buoys, because they're detachable, they're inside the pot, right? Yeah. They stay with Done the deal. pot. And it's an easy system. Yeah, for sure. Yep. The other thing we got to do this year, and I don't am I if I talk about prototype rods, where we might, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So you sent us um a dozen or so of these prototype jig rods. Half of them went to Robbo and Southeast, and Joey and I kept the other half. And we used them all over the place mm-hmm. and just absolutely loved them. And we used them with your jigs, which at one time were a prototype too. Now Puget Pounder is pretty much ubiquitous through Puget mm-hmm. Sound and on the coast and whatever. And they just the, 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 the combination of the correct jig rod and the correct salmon jig in the hands of an expert is deadlier and more efficient than downrigger gear in the right conditions. Mm-hmm. There's it no question. De- definitely is. And and finding that rod, uh, 
whether you're a beginner at jigging or have been there a while, is really tough. And then you do find the one that, that fits your personality and your jigging style. Uh, that becomes a one. And for me right now, it's a $450 rod, damn nice rod, and it does a great job. But, you know, there was a day where, you know, and still to this day, I can't afford too many $450 Dude. fishing rods. Yeah. Sure. So it, it would sure be nice to have something that you could afford that that's affordable at retail that that can do the the same things. It might not be quite as stout, but it's pretty damn stout. If For it sure. could go up to Sitka, Dude, and we back have down not broke them yet. We've not broke them yet, and we've yarded halibut uh, off off the rocks. We've pulled lingcod out of structure, innumerable rockfish. Right. But and the, we've let other folks use those yes. rods yeah. to, you so, know. So Tom and I don't the, break a lot of rods. Iron, it's the, the, it's the typically a, the acid test will be Shane, Shane Palcoa. Palcoa. Yeah, yeah, Shane Palcoa, yeah. who's got that freak Polynesian strength deal. He's going to snap freaking you know bones apart when he was a safety for yeah. UW in New Orleans. But he could break rebar, dude. I'm well, telling you, we worked you. through that. We found the things you and I talked about it. Sure. You know these original prototypes. The handle wasn't long enough. Yeah. We had to get some things going. These aren't going to interfere with any of those no. hundred dollar, two hundred dollar, four hundred dollar no. rod sales out there. If you want that, go get it. But we're going to get something for the guy that's starting out, that wants to get after it, can buy it, and feel damn comfortable out there in the boat that it's not going to give up on. It. Well, and yeah. because it's affordable, a guy can have. You know, Tom and I talk about this all the time. The last thing you want to be doing is trolling and see a hot jig bite and have to shut down because you right. you don't have jig rods on board. This allows folks to. Buy a, a rod that's reasonably priced. Have it have in it the rocket top. launcher, ready to go. And and by God, if something does happen to it, you know the the number one getter on on my boat is unfortunately the marina door coming down the yeah, ramp. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, you know, you've got four but, nine foot rods, and you try to open that door that's going to close automatically, and then go really quick, <laughs> and you turn around, and there's a, snappy, snap, snap, a gal snap, with snap. two children there and a cooler, and you can't go anywhere. And sure. But Joey's point is. Exactly on on spot. Yeah, yeah, you have to have a jig rod rigged up and ready to go. Because while I said jig fishing is deadlier and more productive than downrigger fishing, it is only for limited times in in limited spaces when the wind's not blowing. You have to learn that set of conditions that indicates you're yeah. getting to jig. That's yeah. the trick right there. Which if you show up at my Seattle boat show, you know. Seminars, I'll, I'll show you that. We're also probably going to have those on uh, seattleboatshow.com pretty soon, too. Kind of a pre-boat show seminar series here. Okay, so, cool. All right, we're going to pop out of here for a quick break. Coming up next, the hottest report we're heard all week and the techniques you need to succeed. It's Roy Robinson RVs. Really? Where? And it's next here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and Seattle Sports app. No way. you got to be kidding me. Really? Where? It's coming back. The island of Tinny and Delady. Hey man, can you tell me where you got them? I'll never put on a nice jacket again. Welcome to RoyRobinsonRV.com's Really? Where? Where? RoyRobinsonRV.com will take you anywhere. Really? It's time to step up to the number one Winnebago dealer in the Pacific Northwest, the all-new Roar Robinson RV Center at Smoky Point. You're going to find a complete line of Class A's, Class B's, Super C's, travel trailers, fifth-wheelers, tarallers, pop-up scampers, and so much more, including the all-new interactive RV shopping tool. How much can I tow? That's a great thing to know before you go, and you're going to find it all at Roar Robinson RV. Roar Robinson RV. 
Pybernicus.com. Joey, Pybernicus. You know, we had LPGA on the show we earlier. We did. We did. Sounds like the Skagit's cranking up there. You know, I, I, I talked to him yesterday, and he's like, dude. And he, he kind of, t- I was like, man, there's got to be a lot of guys up there. And he's like, yeah, not really. So I don't know. The Skagit's just been cranking. The fishing's been good up there. It's beautiful up there. Uh, now that this smoke's cleared out, um, I, I'd be getting up on the Skagit. Right now, we're looking at small craft advisories through Sunday afternoon. But Bob Buchanan in the South Sound Tuesday, light winds, wind waves less than a foot. Where would one Bob Buchanan be found Gazing at his Raymarine Electronics somewhere. Would that be the the Marine Area 11 Chinook opener? That'll be the uh, right smack dab in front of the clay banks. All right. So so having been on that body of water with you and have, knowing that your boat is not really drilled and tapped for downrigger mounts. <laughs> <laughs> it is so. It it is, is, okay, it is. All right. Cold but, season, it gets it. But I'm, I'm, guessing, I'm guessing that you're, you won't be deploying downriggers that day. No, I, I, I will definitely, if, if I can jig the bait I want, I'll be mooching. Um, otherwise, for sure, I'll be uh, using the, the the pounder. The Puget? I'll be pounder. jigging. Okay, so what and, is... And if the fish are deeper, I'll be jigging. Okay, but tell us about your approach. Because you can't just go out there and, oh, this looks like a good spot, and just throw the jig out and go. So so give us your mental math. What are you looking for? How do you approach it? Or do you have a jig in your hand ready to go and start motoring around? Give us your approach. Well, first thing, you know, you, you go to your old standby. Yeah. You want to go to that drift, uh, that mooching drift or that jigging drift that's always produced for you. And ideally, you're going to get on one that you're going to go across bait clouds. Mm-hmm. And each one of those bait clouds has a group of Chinook down pounding it from underneath or something. And you're going you're gonna to get after them and you're going to go through them and then... And there's nothing for a minute or two, and then you go through another batch, and you just get on a run that takes you through there, and you find where that run is. And the angle of the drift continues to change throughout the tide, but you just uh, you just, stay on you it. You watch that and stay on it. Use your motor to keep vertical. Keep those jigs straight up and down the best you can. You don't you don't want them hanging out there. That's Especially the- you got a lot of downrigger traffic and other and uh, meat line traffic, and you. You want to be courteous of them, them too, and not hog a giant swath of the water column. And the the vertical up and down presentation is the mo. I think the most important part. It is. You know, e- even less than your jigging style. Um, I just notice when I'm when I'm jigging, if I get out of whack and my angle's wrong, I'm not straight up and down. I I get it back in and reset. And I rarely get bit. If I get a little bit of an angle for whatever right. reason, you know, they, they don't want to bite that thing if it's jigging. It, it, it's not moving as effectively up and down the line. And probably not as naturally as, you know, these candlefish shooting up out of the sand or, right. or the gravel. Right. Um, yeah. No, the, the uh, ver- stay vertical. And we, we preach that on the boat when we have guys on the boat jigging. It's, and I'll see it, you know, I'll see you guys line. It's like, Hey, get that up. What are you doing? Your the, angle. You're not going to get bit the, like that. Majority, the majority of the grabs jigging are on the upstroke. Yeah. Some portion of the upstroke. Hopefully not at the very top of it. Yeah, where you Because those are the ones with barbless hooks that are really tough to stick into. Yeah, no question about it. But it's it's a jig caught Chinook is worth four or five hooked on downrigger gear because you are you are on the rod – when that fish first encounters your gear, oh, it, it, it's a it's gas, awesome. and, and, and it can so be it can fun. be just chaotic too. You, you know, know you get two or three of them on at one time. If the bite, you know, if the jig bite is on, 
it's going to be on, and you're going to hook multiple yep. fish at one time. You got you got you've got a, a good sized braid on there. You know, a 55, 60 pound braid. And don't be afraid to use a forty pound fluorocarbon or you know, guys that use fifty and five odd hooks. I use yep. I use twin barbless four aughts and that, that jig is sliding and they grab it. But the the key with the barbless hooks and them shaking that jig around, that four, three, four <laughs> ounce jig around, you gotta keep a tight line. Yeah, mm-hmm. you do. And and but your rigging your rigging suggestion of having that sliding jig negates that leverage that that fish has shaking his head. But if you use a motion that's, you know, six feet up and then drop that tip down, you don't realize it, but that the hooks are leaving the jig behind. Sure, yeah. And so on the fall, there's right. no hooks with that jig. Mm-hmm. So you gotta, you've got to slow that down. And like Joey said earlier, that candlefish coming out of the rocks, he first gets out, he stretches and wiggles <laughs> a little bit. That's what I'm... Pretending yeah. I'm trying to. I can just yeah, I can see that in my head. Yeah. They come out and they kind of wiggle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's a good and, point. And it's a short. I like a short, fast. Yeah. Action. Yeah. And and you got that. You got those heavy lines, and you got a quick retrieve reel, and you put the crank on them. You put the hammer to them. You don't give them anything. Do uh, do our new friend Ted Nugent a favor and log on to HunterNation.org. It's an advocacy group for, for hunters, and they do a lot of uh, they do a lot of charity work too. So go check that at HunterNation.org. You missed any of the show? Jump on MyNorthwest.com. Hit the podcast on TheOutdoorLine.com. I download that Apple Podcast app. Uh, give us a, give us a hit on social media at Rob Ensley at Joey Pyburn on Instagram at the Outdoor at the Outdoor Line on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For Matt Nelson behind the glass, Joey Pyburn for the Mad Tackle Scientist himself. Bob Buchanan. This is Tom Nelson. This has been the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app.